M1 is the finance super app that puts you in control of your wealth. Invest, borrow, save, and spend your money how you want with sophisticated automation tools to help you reach your financial goals more easily. 2021 is about rebuilding, building health, building wealth, and everything in between. I've been using M1 for years to manage my long-term investment portfolio. M1 lets me follow some of the top performing hedge funds like Code 2 and balance my pie based on what the pros are doing. It's truly my favorite investing app in the world. Go to m1finance.com slash Katoon to get started today and earn $30 to invest after you fund your account. Terms and conditions apply. M1, yours to build. Welcome to Technory Podcast. I'm Scott Katoon. On today's show, we catch up with Andrew Dagenholtz. He is the founder and CEO of Emags. Emags is one of those things that I, as soon as I was introduced to it, I kind of fell in love. Um, I don't know about the rest of you, and I'm going to save the ranting and raving about media for the actual podcast, but, you know, I, I hate to be the person who points to the obvious, but it's like journalism and media are under siege. And if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that you're probably not on the side of media and you're on the side of tech and you see, you know, Anderson Horowitz and clubhouse and a lot of the different sort of outlets and tech founders who kind of take a, a shot and a shit at media operators. And, and I think there's some good reason at times, but I think it's also just sort of because we can upset or disrupt something. Should we? And there's been a, I don't know, decades long, really, but like the last five years, you look at a lot of the big media empires, be it Hearst or other, that have kind of gotten their shit rocked a little bit. And you look at, you know, I mean, you could go to Vox, you could look at BuzzFeed, Mashable, any of these, you know, groups that have started and launched and got a ton of funding and a ton of uh, fanfare, if you will. And then they just didn't quite pan out or they didn't hit the valuations and they, they struggled. And then you see the uprising of Substack and lots and lots of journalists that either write for Substack while they still hold their job at whatever they're at, or they've quit their outlet and they have started writing newsletters like Eric Newcomer or Brian Morrissey. And there's many, many, many others I'm missing. The problem for me is, and I write on Substack also, I, I think I have the top startup and a top 10 or 12 tech Substack investing for sure. Uh, and I love the, the medium. Don't get me wrong. I love the medium, but I'm not a journalist. I'm an entrepreneur who happens to be focused in media and I have an eye on media. And I, I did go to J school as the cool kids in journalism like to call it. And it wasn't like the greatest moment of mine, which we actually kind of talk about on the show. And if you've listened to other shows, you know this, but I am a big fan and believe that there is a place in the world for a good editor and, and real media, the fake news thing, I think the fake news thing is what happens when tech runs journalism, personally. I think it lets every asshole with an opinion take a pulpit and say what they want to say. What I like about tech is that it forces these old elephants to change, the old buffalo, if you will. They have to change or they go, they die. And many of them have died and many of them have sort of changed. They fake change. They they wrapped a, a tech model and a subscription model around their product and made a PDF and called it tech and it just never was. And I think it's become a really slow moving, easy target 
for startups like Substack and Clubhouse to just basically poke holes through it. And I, I think to me, the part about this that is, I guess, most alarming is when you have a world where anyone who has an opinion or has had some success who naturally has a fairly large ego, it becomes an echo chamber and they have all their troll friends and hundreds of thousands of followers who basically take their word as gospel. And just because a journalist doesn't get it right necessarily doesn't mean that the journalist is wrong. Uh, it doesn't mean that they were evil or that they did this with malicious intent. They may have been misguided. And that's, you know, that's kind of on them and the editor to figure that part out. And I, I think that's where Substack plays a role. I think getting people like myself who are really deep into the material and deep into tech can provide context. I can provide an opinion. I can provide insight into a deal. But it is still the journalist's job to stand on the plateau and watch the war and write what they saw. And I think we have to understand that in a social world, it's, it's nearly impossible for a journalist to not gather a lot of followers. And, and if you cover tech and you cover social media, naturally, you're going to have a large following. And naturally, you're going to have an opinion because people are going to be pinging you about you, the person, and your life events, and your stories, and what you thought and experienced while writing the stories. And all of this goes to say that I think that there's still another solution to how we consume not just journalism, but media at large. And I don't think it's here yet. I think Clubhouse has a cool place. It's a fun forum. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you can pick at that you don't like. There's things that are amazing. You know, being in a random 7 a.m. clubhouse with MC Hammer is not the not coolest thing I've done, right? And Substack, it's super cool to me that I can grow a publication that quickly and monetize and that journalists who basically were writing for large publications who said, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm not going to pay you 60000 or 100000 a year to write about cap tables when the audience for that's like 1000 or 10000 can just leave and make that same living or better writing on Substack. But what I think the hybrid is, is somewhere in the middle where the journalists themselves can write kind of their op, op pieces, opinion pieces on their own pages, but have those pages nest right below the actual outlet and, and read magazine style, long form, well-written narrative pieces that are edited and actually have you know, facts in them and links to where the facts were found. And I, I think that there's a very design element. So like in the end of this, we talk to Emags and I kind of feel like, I don't, I don't even know if they're there yet, but I, I feel like when I talk to Andrew, like he's on the precipice of this. I think he knows it. I think he recognizes that he has right in front of him the potential to fill that void. He has a platform that is essentially uh, a better version of texture, which was acquired by Apple. It's a magazine style app that lets you pick and subscribe different large, you know, magazine publications, but they're, they're designed for mobile. They're designed for modern consumption. And I think if we've seen anything over the last few years, even including the pandemic, it's that we've gone away from like the movie and gone to the series. And a lot of the greatest writers in, in entertainment are writing in that way. If you even look at music, it's the same way. We don't do these big album drops. They're all collaborations, which each one of the songs can sit on their own. People are wanting more. They want to dig in and know something when they're done. They want to spend their time on it and really get to know something. But then they also want to learn something about the inside story from the, from the journalist. And I think if we could decouple some of the journalism where the, the writers are actually putting their opinions or their sort of personality inside of the news, if we could decouple that and say, hey, this is my opinion on the matter having covered it, but 
topically speaking, here are the facts. And I think that EMAGs is sitting in this place where they could actually do this. It's like, in a lot of ways, it's like a better version of the Apple News app without the news. You get your news wherever you get your news. If you like fake news, go click on Facebook on fake news. If you want to actually go to sources and pay for them, whether you're liberal or conservative, you can choose to do that. What I really want is I want to deep dive in one particular area, and they do that really well. So this conversation's packed full. We talk a lot about journalism and media. We talk a little bit about Medill, and we talk a ton about Emacs and sort of the future of magazine, which I think was all but dead. Actually, I don't think it was all but dead. I think it was fucking dead, but I think it's on the back. It's coming back right now, and I think it's going to have a huge resurgence over the next few years, and it very well may come from this guy, Andrew Dagenholtz, the founder and CEO of Emacs. What's going on, Andrew? How you doing? Doing great, man. Working from home has been an experience. It's been the most efficient time I've ever spent in my career. I've got to tell you. So we, we've talked to a handful of people. Uh, I don't even mean a hundred now since COVID. I don't even know. Um, and it's kind of split. There's a bunch of people who really uh, miss being out in the world. I do to an to extent really more personally than professionally. Um, I'm like you, I I've acquired shares in two companies since I've been at home. Like I'm, I'm maxing shit out. Yeah. Cause I, I have nowhere to go. And yeah. I I've been joking with one of my business partners that, uh, the rule for 21, or I guess just post COVID is unless you bring a check, I'm not meeting you for anything. Right <laughs> and and it's, as we go, the checks just have to get bigger. Like that's, that's how this is going to go. Yeah. I mean, from a creativity standpoint and a productivity standpoint, I can't think, I mean, it's been fantastic. Our engineers are cranking on products and things have just been super focused and it's, it's been really good. I think there's, there are parts, you know, so my, one of my companies, Songfinch is more, um, you know, it's music, it's, it's, there's collaboration. It's worked perfectly well from work from home. I do think that as a team creatively, uh, we miss the, you know, having a couple of cocktails and talking shit when you're at the end of it, like that stuff, which I, I kind of think you can still do. You don't need to have a hundred thousand square feet. You can do that anyway. Right. Um, but from a business standpoint, like, Honestly, the, I know that some people miss the water cooler talk. If you're at home with kids and shit like that can be trouble, but yep. I, I just don't think you can beat this. Like, I don't, I don't know how you can, like, I drop my daughter off to daycare. I come home, I have a coffee. I look through my emails. There's nobody pinging me. I make like a detailed chart of what today looks like. Yep. And then I just start knocking them off. And I take a quick break, have lunch, whatever. Like I'm watching TV and shit. Like I'm having a blast. So I, I am not missing it. One thing that I have done a lot of, and a lot of other people have too, is read a lot of content and consume a lot of content. And you happen to be one of the people who's creating a platform for all of us to consume this content. And you are, in my opinion, um, future facing as far as how we, uh, curate and what we get and and why we get it and the platforms that people write on. And you and I have a lot to talk about. We, we caught up on a call last week about, or two weeks ago, whatever it was uh, about Medill and Northwestern. We can always take a, a shot at that. Today is the um, anniversary of me finding out that I got admitted to Medill as it were. All right. So timing, timing is great. Beyond that, I, I think the EMAGS platform lends itself to a very broad conversation about not just the content creators, 
mm-hmm. the consumers. And I want to talk a little bit about that whole thing, but why don't you give us the, the kickoff and what Emags is first? Yeah, totally. So the, the foundation of the business is a software as a service solution for publishers that build print magazines, magazine publishers. So what we've done is we created a product that transforms the print content to a mobile ready, beautiful, easy to read experience, something that's it's better than anything else that's out there. You can, we, we transform or uh, transition all the fonts, all the images, all the colors, all the headlines. It looks just like it looks in print, but it's, you can scroll through it and swipe through articles on your phone. And then we've made it seamless and frictionless to access. So starting with the magazine publishers, we've got nine of the 10 top magazine publishers using our software and working with us to produce and deliver their content to their paying digital subscribers. From that, they came to us and said, well, let's be innovative. How else can we sell subscriptions, acquire new users? And that's where we built out the Emags newsstand. And what we're doing there is we're, we're sampling some of that content and then driving people to a subscription for either a magazine or it could be an individual writer's substack, could be someone that is uh, selling a membership club. So the idea is to create a discovery platform for subscriptions. Makes lots of sense. Um, I have joked in the past that I use like, and I'm still like, maybe you'll help me here. I'm battling this Apple news thing. Yeah. So like, I like Spotify because it kind of puts all these things together versus Apple music and Apple podcasts separately. I'm one of, you can't tell, I have like an OCD issue. Everything is very lined up. Yep. Um, when I have like my, my homepage, my app screen on my phone is, is like the, the gold standard for me. Like that's the place I spend all day looking at. Mm-hmm. And so I love to have this bar that's just like Apple, 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 Apple books, Apple music, whatever. Um, I actually do Apple TV. Apple News, and of course, there's the whole conversation about the bundle and and making use of value. Apple News is something that I get made fun of from my media friends all the time. Like, what kind of a person actually uses Apple News at this point? And I think it's a decent product, but it has some major shortcomings. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, there, there are other news apps that are trying to pop up in the space and take advantage of some of their weaknesses. They lose out on the distribution or whatever, but for the most part, they do a, maybe a better job curating news for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the magazine portion of it, what was, I don't know if you remember, the, what was the company they acquired? Um, uh, texture. Yep, Texture. That integration has been awkward, to say yeah. the least. And it's one of those things where like, and you know this, like we're, we're both kind of media nerds. I like a magazine. When I decide to read a magazine article, it is not the same time of my day that I decided to read a couple of clips or tweets. It's not. So when I'm going through the news app and I see a story that I want to read a couple paragraphs on, and then they, they stuff business, you know, business week down my throat or some other magazines, like not that I wouldn't read the New Yorker. This is just not a good time for me. Yeah. And I feel like that is the kind of shit design that's been put into a lot of these apps, you know, like not to tangent this further, but like Bloomberg, big fan. And I've downloaded paid Bloomberg more money than I want to admit. Sure. And even though, and I like the Bloomberg app, it has everything, but at the same time, I now look at it. I'm like, this design, this layout isn't modern. 
it doesn't make sense for consumer habits. So then when I saw eMags, I was like, okay, so here's a standalone that actually thinks of me, the reader, when I open it. Right. And that's where we kind of left off is like, it, yeah. it, it is, there's a, I think there's a huge niche here and you see all the people like jumping on the Substack bandwagon with the, it's kind of, kind of in beta, but like reader.substack. Mm-hmm. It, it's laid out like shit. You can't find anything. And so I, I, I'm interested to hear your perspective on design and, and on emags and the whole nine. Absolutely. So, so going back to the Apple thing, Apple, Apple does the best design out there and they've created a user experience for reading those articles. That is the, that's the gold standard. So when you're, when you're looking at the article, there's no distractions, there's no auto scroll video, there's no, or auto load video, there's no pop-ups. It's a very, it's a very like managed experience. And then what, what we've been able to do is trans is, is get that experience into uh, uh, along with all these different magazine articles that are like Bloomberg, like all the, uh, the major consumer publishers and even sample some, uh, some, some, yeah, there I'm it is. looking right now. So just yeah, so people go, you can download the eMags app. What is it? What's the exact name for when you go? Newsstand. Yeah, Mag's newsstand. You should definitely download this on the app store and take a look at it. It really, I just want to make sure people know that this isn't just like a free plug, like legit the layout. So if I could just say quickly as you continue, go go ahead. The key thing is, is making sure that the user experience is, is seamless. We're, we're trying to remove all the, all the noise so that when you find a long form article that you want to look at, you can relax, read it, you can save it. It's not like there are other news aggregators out there where they're going to send you off to the mobile website of the publisher or the uh, like off to wherever. And then all of a sudden you're going to get a paywall. You're going to get ad units, mobile ad units. You're going to start getting tracked. The idea here is offer up a sample of the content, provide the full article, provide audio if there's audio available, and then prompt the user to subscribe and let them make the decision and will convert users to become subscribers of your Substack, of your podcast, of a magazine. And everyone will, I mean, even, even Hulu, Spotify, and those folks will be able to benefit. So here's where we dive into the media nerdery, the shift in content creation, style, consumption, has been changing going forward and backward, backward and forward over the last few years. COVID, I think, really shoved forward certain habits, in particular streaming of video and watching shows and podcasts. And I I look at this, um, you know, going back to the Medill days, I was the guy that's sitting in the classroom saying this shit's dead and you guys are fucking nuts. And then being like, great, get out of here. Um, And I, I think... I think I was right about what I said, but I think I was also like short-sighted. Mm-hmm. I took this younger approach that was sort of like, well, if it's not working, it's dead and there's no gray. And I think one of the things that I'm learning and I, you're, you're ahead of the, I don't even know if you, I assume you know this, but I don't know if you have like purposefully done this. I think you're really ahead of the curve in a really interesting way that I don't think people will think about even for another year. So if you look at, I'm going to isolate two pieces of content and then go backwards into, into written form. Audio and podcast was such a slow roll 
that mm-hmm. when I started my podcast in 2011 or whatever it was, and I was featuring people, I had to lie to them and say it was a radio show. Cause otherwise they would be like, what the fuck is the point? Yeah. You were on WGN. Yeah. And I, and then I had to get a radio. Then I actually got a radio show. I was like, Jesus, I want to go back to the podcast. But uh, you know, the, the point of that was like, it just, the consumer habits were not quite there. Podcast has grown. Now you look at spaces and clubhouse and everyone's trying to knock this off and podcasts have evolved from these long, you know, really long chatty things like this, but like, this is actually a shorter podcast. It's like less than 30 minutes usually. So like 20 minutes to like full on uh, my buddy who um, has made a, made a famous TV shows and things like that out in LA, Lamorne just launched an audio series. Like he's creating what would be normally on the screen on audio. There's so much going on, right? In the video video world, we've gone from like sitting in theaters, renting movies. Now they're, you know, straight to our house. It's Amazon prime. It's Hulu, as you mentioned, HBO, whatever, Netflix, all of them, Apple, whatever. We are now going back to a period. I don't even know what's going back. It's like creating a new period where there is movie time. And that's like, honestly, you would think is the long form. It's actually the short form because the real long form now is binging a series. Right. And so this consumption habit has gone from like, well, why would I ever watch a series concurrently? Or why would I, why wouldn't you make a movie? Why would you make a three-part docu? It doesn't make sense to me. Right. And I, this sounds like it's going fucking nowhere. I promise it's going somewhere. If you set them up on a wall and you said, here's audio and here's video and here's written audio went like this. And then kind of went backwards. And now it's all the way up here. And everyone's talking about audio video slowly went this way. And then it kind of turned and it's doing this kind of thing. Content was like, it's a blog. It's a headline. It's clickbait. If it's long form, forget about it. If you start a blog that's based on long form or a magazine, that's not a trade mag, forget about it. And I actually think that we are, we're not quite there yet, but I think we're actually to a place where if I want to read a, a, a person's opinion piece on a topic that is relevant only today, I would go to Substack. Like if, if I'm in tech, I'll go to the newcomer Substack. Yep. Or I'll go to, you know, name your Brian, Brian Morrissey Substack and media, if that's your thing. Um, if I want to keep up with headlines, I just go to Twitter. Mm-hmm. If I want to read a featured story about anything, I think we're, we're going to see this gigantic move back to magazine style where I can actually integrate everything. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a niche for everything. Like, like you were talking about with morning group, there's, there's a niche, there's a newsletter, find your, find your space, find what you're an expert at and you'll, you'll have an audience, you'll build an audience. And, and it's the same thing with magazines and other subscription products. So you have, a magazine, it has a beginning, middle, and an end, and an end. So you can sit with it and enjoy it and read through it, save it, go back to it. And you need to be able to experience that, especially on mobile in a frictionless environment. And that's what I think has to be part of the conversation is how do we make sure that people will pay for content? They'll, they'll pay for a magazine. They'll pay for a substack. They'll pay you to write articles. So how do we how do we get more discovery of that content and allow people to learn about it and and su- support it? I think so. Like, obviously, I agree with you, and that's what you're building. I I think that the changes that have happened over the last couple of years, really over the last decade, but in particular, last like two years, is 
it can be brand or person driven. Yep. Read me, follow me, get this, get that. I think that we have abandoned magazine in a way that sort of like it treated it like it was just like this old thing. And in actuality, uh, there's a period of time, a couple of years where I think you could make that argument. I made that argument. I think you could argue like, oh, this doesn't, this, like, I, I don't have time, long form. I don't get it. In actuality, when you fast forward, and, and I don't think you could have done this without having the last three years or four years. I think you needed all these media sites to kind of shit out. When you look at it now, when I look at magazine now, there are three things that stand out to me as massively important and would make me long on magazine. The first one is readability, consumability. Magazines are essentially a one-time website that you can do anything with. You could make it have audio elements, video elements, physical elements. You could have para, you know, parallax. There's so much shit. Sure. The readability and consumer, you know, consumption part of it, I think, is is lends itself to be the best experience in the world of consuming something like a book. The second part is that it can pick something that people have a genuine, genuine interest in, so much so that you would, you, it's equivalent as watching a movie or a show. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit down, I'm going to spend an hour or more reading through this seven, eight, 12 page write-up on this thing with all this stuff. I want research, I want links to shit, I want video recordings, I want everything. And the third thing is the shareability. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to say, I read this. It took me a couple of days. I didn't get to it right away. I tagged it for my friend and I gave it to them and they can experience it just like me. And without all of the crazy shit that has happened in media over the last few years, it wasn't possible. So right now, I actually think we're staring. I think the next thing after all of this Substack stuff, mm -hmm. is going to be like, well, shit, I read a 1200 word, you know, essentially an essay on my email. Wouldn't it have been better if you would have like expanded it and put in all the shit you didn't put in because you thought it was too long for email and made it a magazine, wouldn't that be a better experience? Right. Not have it in my inbox? Because I think it would be an amazing experience. Well, and give another place where they can go and see it and experience. The yeah, it's not in spam. It's in the right place. Yeah, you can you can build on top of it. It's the it's it's interesting because when when you talk about all that, you talk about funding writers and funding magazines and the, the photographers that are taking the pictures, the, the journalists that are writing the words. There's, there's like, there's a lot of noise about Facebook and Google and what's happening in that space with, you mentioned Twitter. So you're, you're consuming, it's consuming a lot of your attention, but are you getting like that full form article experience? And then are you supporting that, that writer? that is producing that content. I, I don't know. I think that I think that people think that Facebook and, and Google are gonna solve all the problems for content providers, but that's not really their mission. Their mission isn't to help those- well, Ask Australia, <laughs> what's, their, what's their mission? Take your money, that's their mission. Yeah, and and so there's they're, they're, they're battling it out. We'll see what happens, but it's the, the content has to be supported. And the, the, the writers and the, the producers need to be able to make money. Let's talk about that. I want to talk about how me as a contributor 
to Emacs, I want to put them at, I want to launch something in Emacs, sure. which I kind of actually do. Like the more I talk about this with you and the more I look at this, I'm like, and I don't want to keep going back down this, but it does play into the conversation about the money. It's like this, the Substack thing, all of it. Like there's, there, people love it for a moment. I love that my podcast is what it is and that newsletter is like the top, I think it's the top startup newsletter on Substack. It's definitely a top 10 in tech. But you know what I hate about it? It's in your fucking inbox. It's so hard yeah. to like get to, like my open rates, depending on a news cycle, go to trash in a second. It's not, it's just not delivered in a perfect manner. For some 0.1% it is, but for the regular people, it's certainly not. And I'm just kind of looking at this going, okay, if I want to put up a paywall and I wanted to make money and I don't need to get rich, I just want to make enough money to make this content worth it. What does it look like on Emacs? How does it differ how, how does it promote people to pay, you know, is it just individually subscribing to me? Is it subscribing to a, of the app itself? Like how does it all work from the consumer and the creator side? A couple, a couple answers to the question. So we started with as eMags, but mags is in the name, but we're, we're branching out to more types of sub subscription products. So Substack subscriptions, podcast subscriptions, as I mentioned, yep. music and video and so on. So the, the idea is to be able to provide a platform that helps people discover all these different formats. For your Substack, the, the idea could be, what if there was a library in addition? So you can, we can help you acquire subscribers to learn about what you're writing about in Emacs and then drive them to your Substack to subscribe. And then what we also do is we, we build these beautiful mobile versions, these mobile magazines and mobile articles. What we did, Scott, was we, we really changed the way that magazine publishers are able to, or anyone that has a print product, a print content, we're able to, to convert it to a mobile ready version in less than three hours with minimal people touching it. So the cost is really low. You don't have to learn how to use a, a, a content management system. Your everything is turnkey. And then you'll have essentially a feed of articles that you can build and curate, create a library, package them together and ship them out to your subscribers. And that's also what we do is with as e-magazines in partnership with our magazine publishers, we send out millions and millions of messages, email messages per week to our magazine publishers, subscribers, letting them know that a new issue is ready to read. And then if they haven't opened that issue, we send them a reminder and we, we create a flywheel that, that keeps them engaged as new content comes out. So if I'm in your app and I'm a consumer, I'm just looking through random shit here. So popular mechanics, I'm clicking on this app or I'm sorry, mm -hmm. clicking on this, this article, Elon Musk, my favorite. Um, yep. I want to subscribe now. I see the options pop up. I can order a one-year subscription to Popular Mechanics. Am I consuming the Popular Mechanics stuff all on your site or on your, on your app? Like every time, is that where I'm going? You, you'll, you can, but we'll also send you an email so you can experience it on a, on a, on a browser-based version yep. of the magazine. We use a progressive web app technology so you can download it uh, and, and, and read it offline in the cache of your browser. You can, you can experience it in a library on the web. 
or you can go back to the app. And then you were talking about bringing in pods and Substacks Again, is this something that like takes me to Substack, or is it consumed in yours? I think initially it would, we would redirect to Substack, and mm-hmm. eventually, potentially, depending on the audience and the, the partnerships, direct. But I don't know if Substack can support us selling directly. So those are, those are sort of the open questions. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that they, there's no reason that they couldn't, it'd be a choice. Like if they had to exactly. allow you to tap into the subscription price or something like that, uh, yeah. they already, you know, whatever it's, they already take, I think 25% or whatever. So they, they can, you can take, I don't think it's that much, but it's, it's enough. Yeah. Um, you can take a cut from that, I suppose. I feel like, so like, I guess, and I'm just trying to like spitballing as we go through this, because I'm very fascinated about this, because I think there is, there's a, there's a void between the like Apple news, which has all of the brands, you know, kind of thing mm-hmm. mixed with the wrong content, like the way it's mixed. I, I love Apple's design. Don't get me wrong, but it's not laid out how I would consume something long form versus just like a quick quip. And I'm looking at your thing and I'm going, there's nothing out there that exists. That's like a queue essentially mm-hmm. for here's the pods of people you like, like basically I could build, I mean, if I could build my own emags app, that was just a, a consortium mm-hmm. of my favorite subs, my favorite mags and my favorite pods. Yep. You would have, I would down, not only would I download it, I would pay you whatever you asked for it. I would pay the equivalent of whatever other shit I'm paying for now just to get it off my phone. And I don't think I'd be alone in that. And I don't know if that even, I don't even know if that has to end there. Like you could literally then go down the route of like subscribing to shows and things that one were so inclined to be a part of, like you could just fire it in your app and beam it to your TV. Like there's so many, this is a never end. You might have to rename the company. I don't know, but like, this is legitimately like, that's what I I'm looking at this and I'm, it is rare that someone comes on here and we start talking about a product that's already successful, by the way, people are maybe listening to this thing and this is like a new thing. It's not, you've been at this for a long time. Um, this is a successful business that's just entering a new era. And I, I don't think I am aware of anything like what you have potential to do because now right now it's, you go to the app and you can discover and you should do that, right? Like you want them to have the app, have everything. But if there was a way for you to actually make the app homepage be everything. And then for me personally, I basically build my own queue and it's everything I want and you're just getting a little sliver of everything that everyone subscribes to, uh, you're a genius. That's where that goes. <laughs> it's a, you're making a good point and it's a great idea. And thanks for the, thanks for the positive feedback. The, the, as long as we stick to what, what we want to do, which is maintain the positive, good, beautiful experience on mobile, yeah. I think it, it will continue to work. People are really reacting positively. There are other apps out there. There are other places where you can discover content. And what happens is it, it's, it's really an affiliate model where you're just linking off to someone else's page. Before you know it, the, the, the ads are, are, are starting up on the left-hand side, the right-hand side, and taking over the, the, the whole experience. And it's, it's not a, it's not, it's, it's, it's not really the, the ideal experience. And then, and then alternatively, you have the, this doom scroll option where you can just scroll forever until you can find content. 
and and you're constantly refreshing and constantly trying to find out what's the latest in the news. And that's also where we don't want to play. We're, we're, we're not looking to be the place where you go to find out like what happened this minute in the stock market or in politics. It's yeah. really more articles. It's, it's, it's information, like, like you said, movies and audio and content. I, I just think like, this is kind of funny. It's a weird way to put this. If I were doing this in a pitch deck to pitch someone, I don't know if this is how I'd say it, but you know, you're, you're basically saying to people, I want to, I want to make your consumption of the product the best possible, right? Yeah. Number one. But what if I took my design obsession so far that I wanted to make the process of discovering and saving and queuing up? Mm-hmm. I want that to be the shit also. And when I look, yeah. yeah, I look at your product and I go, so like I'm looking at a value and I got to pay money. Mm-hmm. So I could pay $10 here. I could pay $12 to you. Depends on how, you know, where I came to it. Maybe, it, maybe it's $10 each. I don't know. For, you know, subscribing to the same thing, multiple places. I look at yours and I go, what problems does it solve? It potentially takes all of the content out of my inbox, all the content out of my Facebook feeds and shit, places I don't want it. They're just there because that's how it has to be right now. I don't want it there. You're basically saying, I'm going to clean up all your content, man. I'm going to put it in a corner where you get to it when you get to it. You can save it, tag it, share it. You could, you know, you could take the queue and move them up to bottom, rank them how you want to read them, whatever you want to do. It's all about you. And then, oh, by the way, every single thing you read is going to be uniform. So when you read it, you're going to know exactly where everything is at all times. And that is, that is value add on a, on a huge level in a world where content's, it's craziness. There's so much shit going on. I don't even know. I don't, I don't read or follow some of the stuff I'm paying for. Right. Yeah. I mean, what, what you're describing is, is our vision. I mean, that's, that's what we're looking to do. We're, we, we want to keep it streamlined. We want to keep it seamless, frictionless. And, and like you said, when you get to that article, you know what you're going to experience. You know, you're not going to have to like swipe over or swipe left or click something to, open up more information or pay through a paywall. We're, we're really trying to make the experience similar and strong for the reader. I, I think you're doing it and you're doing a good job of it. Cause I, I really, I guess my, my only other question outstanding on, on the product and how you kind of, you know, get to this point is the, and this is a tough one. I don't, I don't have any even close to an answer on this. How do you rank and file from a discover standpoint, top level subscription groups like billboard or business insider mm-hmm. or others, how do you get them on your app? And then how do you rank and file them with the individual creators themselves that you might have? Like you might have, you know, billboard and business insider, but then you also might have newcomer and a few others that are subs yeah. and you might have the Scott Katoon podcast. How do you envision drawing people in? Are you drawing them in because the Scott show, the newcomer sub, all of it, or is it because business insider? Like that's the part I haven't figured out yet how you're drawing people to your app, but maybe you've thought about this. It's a, it's a little bit of drawing them in with partnerships and, and working with, with folks that have an audience that send them over to this place to discover more content, more similar content. It's also doing doing old-fashioned direct marketing and e-commerce subscription acquisition and driving driving trial, getting people to experience it, 
test it out. I mean, we, uh, two weeks ago, we were number one in the app store in the magazine and newsstand or magazine and news category in both Google and iOS. And yep. the, the ratings are, are solid. I mean, we're four and a half, five star ratings. So as long as we're providing a really good product and a really good experience, then the, the, the next step is to get to what you're talking about, which is how do we organize it? How do we make sure that the, the right person is seeing the right content at the right time. And, and at this stage, we're looking at, we're still building the audience, we're still testing, we're still looking at the data. And I mean, one of the things you, you mentioned about the, the content that's, that's really important, and, and just a quick story, is we've been at this, this uh, software that we built for three years now. We started it three years at the request of a magazine publisher that needed a better user experience on mobile. When about, uh, uh, we, we're starting to get clients that are subscribers of the magazines that we produce and distribute calling us up and saying, hey, this is better than anything I've ever seen out there. So the, the CEO of Forbes Asia, for instance, is a subscriber to a, a business magazine that we publish, or we, we don't publish it, but we, yep. we produce it and deliver it. And he got it and he looked us up and he was like, this is better than anything he's ever seen out there in 15 years of magazine <clears throat> content. So he's now a client and we really have figured out a good spot to be in from that standpoint. And now the, the, the next step is to get more and more publishers, content producers on board. And I think it's going to build. I mean, the idea is then to, to work with work with folks to help us build that audience. I think you were well on your way. And I, it, like I said, after I opened the app the first time, I, <clears throat> I kind of feel the same way. Um, it's laid out in a minimalistic, there's a very medium feel to the, like the flow of it. I guess the question I have for you, and I, we talked about this offline, but like, why this? What, what got you? What's your story to make you obsessed with design? You also have an eye for it as behind you. I can see the OCD tendencies and design right. directly behind your head. What got you into this and decided I want to go to magazine and I want to, I want to be in, cause like I said, like if eight years ago, even I'm looking at magazine going, I don't know. And you're running at it. And I'm curious. Yeah. Well, I mean, going back to Medill, I didn't go to the journalism part of the school. I went to the integrated marketing communication. Smart, part. Smart move. Uh, and, but I got to appreciate the, the value in, in journalism and writing, and it's enjoyable. Magazines really were the first subscription model products. And now you're starting to see subscription boxes, subscription audio, subscription substacks. So there's, it's really a, a similar type of acquisition process and sampling to provide your content. People like it they'll subscribe, they'll, they'll continue to subscribe. And it's, it, it's, I think it's really important that there are ways to support those types of producers. When you, so when you first started this, you had talked about before that it was primarily focused on making the process for those who already produce magazines to be able to make better magazines, better, more user-friendly. Yeah. At what point, were you looking at this going, we have a consumer app potentially? Because there's a huge difference between like, we're a great B2B ser server provider, 
And like, yeah, obviously we could redistribute it, right? Just get some more rights. Like in my own business with the music stuff, like we, we produce all this music, we could turn around and, and have publishing rights and it makes sense. But we know that the, the type of music we're producing probably does not lend itself to whatever. How did you know this is something that we can do and, and we're going to take this on? Because it's a whole different battle. Our clients ask for it. They, they are asking for more customers and they're, they're always looking for partners to innovate and to come up with creative solutions to those challenges. So with that and with looking at all of this amazing, the, these amazing magazines that we work with and content producers, we, it, it really came together and it came together pretty quickly. And then when, when you start to look at what's happening with COVID and the transition to touchless and uh, like people really avoiding print products in many cases, like in the waiting rooms, at the, at the newsstand, I think things are going to change a lot. So there, there's, there's really a need for the support of a print to digital transition. There's no like playbook out there. Yeah. I mean, well, that's very clear. And I think you can, you can actually see the lack of a playbook just in the product launches. I mean, it seems like every month or so, whether it's iOS or it's Substack or it's new betas that are coming out or even medium, like, can you imagine a media? I mean, I can now obviously retro retrospectively, but can you imagine being a media company launching with no business model, like legitimately have no clue? You're like, oh, we're going to do this. Like if you click like clap, you get a point and then like, it's this. Yeah. And then like, you know, even Substack, which I, I understand, I'm sure this is on the roadmap, but it is, I love Substack. So I don't want to be shitty about it, but I, it's a little disconcerting when I think about your business model and I see you start adding, would you, the creator, like to have a header or a footer, pay me $12 a month? What? Like, I, I thought this was like, I understand nothing is free, but right. in my mind, when you take, when you build your, your model off of taking a percentage of my distribution letter, which is fine. I get it. You provided me with all the support. I assume that you have discovery things in mind to like drive traffic to help me subscribe and you don't. And now I'm an artist, creator, whatever you want to call it, writer. And you just took 10, 20, whatever the percentage is. Stripe just took another 2%. And now you want me to pay you a couple dollars a month to give you a footer? Like, well, and they want you to be the marketer and, and yeah. That's oh, they not, need be to. Yeah. And that's, that's not everybody's strength. It's, I mean, it, I think it has to be for every creator. They're going to have to talk about what they create. doesn't mean you go viral. It doesn't mean you have to have a, a million followers, but it, it is to me very telling of not just the quick changes going out of media. The fact that these businesses are funded in the hundreds of millions of values are close to a billion or more mm-hmm. user base is huge. And yet you're midway down the run, like changing the financial model, like right in front of me. And it's like, either you didn't know what you're doing or like, it just is too hard to predict. I look at yours and it's like, okay, like, let's go back to the basics a little bit. Yeah. Like you want to read this, you want to pay for it. How much you want to pay for it. You pay this, this is what it gets. Like, I, I think there's some room for you to get, you know, affiliate deals through, you know, the bigger brands or whatever, but it, it's much more clean. Like, Hey, we handle production. You just post it and we'll try to drive traffic to it. That's something we want to experiment with as well, with with production for writers that want to have that that single article experience that's better than anything else out there. And then sort of like what we talked about before and create a library, create 
an experience for your user and then leverage Substack for the transactions, the, the Stripe, the, the email marketing and all of that. And there's, there's an opportunity potentially to make the user experience even better. I like it. I, uh, I can't wait till you have like a bookshelf and it's just all my stuff. Like I really, I would pay you for that. I would, shit, I would go on Kickstarter and pay you money ahead for it just to create it. That's, that's how strong I am on that. We're getting there. Awesome. Well, this is great. Obviously people should go and download. It is EMAG app, EMAG newsstand, right? EMAG's, yeah. EMAG's EMAG's newsstand. Download it, go to the the website, just emags.com. Andrew, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate the work you're doing for this because I, like I said to you in the beginning of this, I I really think that there's going to be a huge resurgence, not just in the magazine style, but also this is a problem that exists and it's actually like a lot of money going down the drain because it doesn't, there's no way for people to consume what they're paying for. Yeah. I think there's, there are a lot of opportunities to improve the experience, to help content producers make a better way to connect the two. Couldn't agree more. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks, man. If you're interested in self-directed investing from startups to crypto and public markets, my Substack is a great way to learn how professional investors screen, review, and pull the trigger on deals. Join the largest community of micro-investors and startup founders on Substack by going to katoon.com.